Welcome to Truth Talk with John Morgan of Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. Good morning and welcome to Truth Talk. My name is John Morgan with the Traders Point Church of Christ. I'm here with our evangelist, Jeremy Bard, and we are going to be in Romans chapter 13 this week. We've been studying through the book of Romans over the past couple of months, and we are nearing the end. We are almost there. We're going to be in chapter 13 this morning. So if you've got a Bible, grab that and follow along with us. So Jeremy, as we begin Romans chapter 13, I think really in a lot of ways Paul is picking up where he left off in chapter 12, as we talked about last time about how the, the relationships that we have, whether it's with each other or in this case with our government, they're all kind of formed by an understanding of who we are in relationship to God and how we have dedicated our lives and our service to Him. And so as we begin here, he's talking very specifically about one point of application that stems from that in regards to our government. So as, as we get into this, as, as you read through chapter 13 and particularly these first few verses, I think there's a lot of application that can be made to us, but certainly I think it's important to think about it from the context in which Paul's writing this originally to the Jews and the Gentiles in Rome. So as you read through chapter 13, where do you see Paul trying to take their mindset here? Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, we've made reference to this. We talked about it a lot last week when we were talking about Romans chapter 12, that, you know, he's kind of now switched gears a little bit on the way that he's kind of closing, about really closing the book out. But mm -hmm. he spent so much time in, in talking specifically to the Jews or specifically to the Gentiles about their thought processes and about their mindset towards God and even their mindset towards one another. Talked mm -hmm. to the Jews a lot about that. And now when he gets into Romans 12 and Romans 13 and even Romans 14, now relationships really take center stage. In Romans chapter 12, it is their relationship with one another as Christians. Mm -hmm. A little bit certainly towards the end of the chapter about your relationship towards society. The gears are, are shifting a little bit, which helps us get into Romans chapter 13. Very generalized, super applicable for us today. Mm -hmm. Romans 14, I think, is a little bit something more specific to something they had going on. Certainly there's still application for us, but Romans 14 really seems to be something specific for the brethren there in Rome and some mm -hmm. issues that was going on there. There's absolutely application for us, but 12 and 13 really kind of have that generalized feel about our overall attitudes. And what's important is Romans chapter 12, the very beginning of it, our thought process towards God, our, the fact that we are living sacrifices, we are to give everything that we have to Him, and the shift that He makes about love, that we are to love. Not, not just God, but to love and not just fellow Christians, but to love everybody, mm -hmm. to be looking for the good in everybody, to be uh, treating everybody the way that, that we would want to be treated, to be uh, looking out for the best in everyone. And even to the very end of chapter 12, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I mean, if that isn't a setup to where he's going to go here in Romans chapter yeah. 13, it is. We're going to make good application for our situation, even culturally. And I'm, you know, we'll certainly talk about governmental things of, of where we are in 2019. But if, if we begin to paint a picture that our society and government 
is difficult to deal with and the most difficult of all times, we've lost sight yeah. about the context here in Romans chapter 12 or even yeah. the entirety of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. The, the government that we have to abide by and be subject to here is on a, is on a different plane than mm-hmm. even where they are here. And I think an understanding of that context is going to help us as we study through Romans 13 today. Yeah, the, the Romans were not friendly to Christianity, <laughs> no. and they were not friendly to Jews in general. And, and, and so there is an extent to, to which the Jews especially could potentially read something like this and just be at a loss as to how they're supposed to do that when they think about uh, the ridicule and the torment that they have experienced under Roman rule. And, and that's really what it is. I mean, th- these people aren't, you know, we, we, are, we are Americans. And we can think about some of the challenges that our government may present or what, whatever, but we, we are Americans. These Jews were living under a government that they weren't necessarily even a part of. They wouldn't consider themselves Romans. They were Jews, but they were living forcibly under Roman rule. And so they had no influence. They had no impact on the policies that the Roman government made. They literally were just subject to whatever the Romans said that they had to do. And and there was so much that went on with that. And so for something like this to be written to a group that consisted of Jews and Gentiles alike, that could have been taken in a very poor way, depending on your, your mindset. But I think you're right. Following chapter 12, hopefully Paul has realized that his, his goal is to change the way that they think about their life, to change the way they think about their interactions, to change the way they think about their bodies and their minds. And if you've done that, then it is possible to do exactly what Paul's talking about here at the beginning of chapter 13. It is possible to look at a government that is oppressive in every way, but to have the proper respect for them and to live under them in the proper way. And that, like you said, there's so much application that we pulled out from that for us today. But like you said, I think it's really important for us to recognize right off the bat that these people were experiencing government oppression unlike anything that those of us alive today have experienced. But these same principles were intended to apply to them. And if it can apply to them and if they can do it, then obviously it's incumbent on, on us to do the very same thing. You know, even you, know, you go back to the, you know, the Gospels and, you know, when Jesus was here, I mean, certainly several decades before where we are here in the book of Romans, but still in that similar time frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still decades before, but still in that similar time frame, the same government in charge in a very similar kind of way. But even those kinds of questions that, that Jesus would get, I mean, he would get from the religious rulers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. I mean, the council would, would often fire questions at him specifically about what the Jews' relationship should be to the Roman government. Because I think their mindset, and you said right, they would never consider themselves Roman. They would never consider themselves in that way. And so they wanted Jesus to say, Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay any attention to them. They wanted Jesus to say, we're going to take up arms or we're going to 
fight them right now. He wanted them to say, you're not Roman. You're, you're, a, you're a Jew, and you don't have to listen to them. And that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted him to say. But he never said that. Yeah. Uh, he really, every time he spoke about it, he said the, the opposite mm-hmm. to that. Um, he, listen, you, you owe them taxes. You owe them what is theirs. You owe them the honor and the respect that they deserve because of the position they're in. That's everything. And so we, we shouldn't be surprised that now we get here to Romans chapter 13, and Paul, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying exactly the same mm-hmm. thing. But you're right. It is a government that is oppressive to, to a Christian, to the Jews even. But yet at the same time, they, they didn't have rights that we certainly have today. They weren't voting for certain mm-hmm. policies. They weren't putting Jews on the government of Rome. I mean, they, they weren't doing any of those things. But yet what they were asked to do is the exact same thing that we're asked to do as well. And so the application certainly is there. And I think you're right to say we we should come away with if this is something that they were asked to do and were able to do, because God wouldn't ask them to do it if they weren't able to do it, that certainly we can can live the exact same way. I think it's interesting that the, the very first phrase here at the beginning is, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. He doesn't say let everybody tolerate the governing authorities, right? Don't yeah. he doesn't say hey you know whatever you think about them that's fine but just don't say or do certain things. No, be subject to them. There's there's a lot behind that because I think a lot of times and we we experience the same thing today. The, the temptation is to revolt when right. when our government mm-hmm. does something that we don't like, and if that temptation is strong today, just imagine what it was for the Jews back in this time period. But really, when you look back on the history of God's people, historically, we have seen God's people oftentimes under subjection to a foreign government. That has happened throughout time, whether it's the Assyrian captivity, Babylonian captivity, the Medes and Persians, and now the Romans. That that has been the case for God's people for centuries. And and so when he's looking at this, I think his, his point is, hey, listen, if you're truly going to understand God's authority, you also need to understand how authority works on this earth. Now, there's no correlation necessarily to the, to the evil governments of this world and, and God's love and the way that he reigns, but there is an understanding of subjection in right. each of those. And we have to learn to be able to live in subjection to a government that we may disagree with from time to time, or in this case, a lot of the time. It's incumbent upon us as Christians to to live a life that recognizes that truly at the end of the day, I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. But while here on this earth, it is I am responsible to live in subjection to the government that rules. Yeah, there's two really important points that Paul makes right away in in just the first two verses. At the very end of verse 1, he'll make the point that these authorities exist because they're appointed by God. Mm -hmm. They they exist because God has allowed them to have the power that they have. And then in verse 2, the point that's made is that if you resist the authority, you you just make the decision, I'm not listening to them, or I'm going to revolt, or I'm going to do something, you know, against them. When when you react that way, you are going against God. Mm -hmm. And when you go against God, the point that's made there in verse 2, you bring judgment upon yourself. And, you know, listen, we, we, don't, we can you know, bring it to 2019, 
I mean, our culture and society right now, politically and around our government, is toxic. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no question about that. Do I think it's at the level that these Christians had to deal with in Rome? I don't think so, but it's still where we live today. Mm-hmm. And it is toxic. And what, the point that I want to make is because our culture is that way, for a Christian, there is a temptation to get wrapped up in that. I mean, that's you know, that's every piece of culture. That's what mm-hmm. that's what makes culture dangerous. Is when something you know happens in society, the temptation is to get wrapped up in that. And we, we, it's easy to get wrapped up into this. I mean, it, it's all about if you disagree with something that a, an official or somebody in the government says, it, it is it is not just our right to do so. You have to almost revolt mm-hmm. in a, I mean, a, just an ugly kind of way. And that's just become the norm of where we are today. And there's a danger to get wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to be careful about those kinds of things. And we've got to see here from Romans chapter 13, 13 for the brethren there in Rome and for all of us a Christian there's no room for a Christian to get wrapped up into those things all that I've all that I'm asked to do is to be subject to their authority mm-hmm. and that that's it and to be subject to to their rule and I'm doing so because it's what God wants and that's what pleases him and I think you're right a huge overarching theme is an understanding of submission mm-hmm. and if we can't understand submission, we're going to struggle submitting to God. Yeah. I mean, if we struggle here, we're going to struggle in our in our submission to God. And ultimately, that's the submission that makes a difference. If you, if you look back into chapter 12, and you, you see how he begins there, where he's talking about our bodies being a living sacrifice and renewing our minds and dedicating our abilities to God, if we're constantly getting wrapped up in the day-to-day politics of our country, can we truly step back and say that I've done that? that I have, I've sacrificed myself to God, that I've transformed the way that I think, that I've dedicated everything that I am to God, when we're constantly getting wrapped up in the day-to-day politics of this world. Personally, I, I think that would be a real challenge for me. If, if, that, was, if that was something that I would just was constantly involved in and just mad about all the time and always getting worked up about, I don't think I could say with any level of confidence that I've done what Paul talked about in Romans chapter 12. And, and as a Christian, that's a really important question to ask yourself. Now, you, I think there's room for an American to be involved in some of those things. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But I think what you said is really important. We always have to recognize that, that we're living a life of spirit. We're living a life of godliness and righteousness. It, we, we have, in, in a lot of ways, we've left the worldly things behind. That, that's what a Christian is called to do. And if, if we can't do that when it comes to politics, then I, I think we have some serious questions to ask ourselves. We need to be able to focus on higher things. We need to be able to focus on the spiritual things and allow the world to do what the world is going to do. And we need to be subject to our, our rulers in every way, but our focus is always on things of a higher calling. Our focus is always on things of a spiritual nature. Yeah, the, the point is not that a Christian can't be political mm-hmm. or that a Christian can't be involved in politics or that a Christian can't vote yeah. or the Christian can't even have a say. I mean, it, it's not about any of those things. It's about making sure we're not wrapped up into the ugliness of yeah. it. 
that we're not wrapped up into, you know, the vitriol that comes out of it sometimes, that we're not wrapped up in those kinds of things. It's a temptation, certainly, that can happen today because that's a part of what our political protesting is all about. And it certainly would have been a temptation for these, you know, brethren to be in, mm-hmm. to get involved with, you know, that level of ugliness, to, to say, listen, they're so terrible and they're so awful you know, I, I don't have to, you know, pay attention to anything they say. I'm throwing eggs at every Roman statue, you know, that I come across because they're just so terrible. I mean, that's the, you know, the kind of level that, that we've got to be careful about. Mm-hmm. It's not about not being political. Right. It's about not being hateful. It's right. about not being right. uh, true and loving, that we've got to have that that level of love that we read about in Romans 12, even for the the people who are governing us, that we've got to have that same level of love to repay no one evil for evil, but to live peaceably with all men. Included in that are all of these people, mm-hmm. and we've got to be subject to them to understand their place. I mean, it's an understanding, again, of their place versus my place, mm-hmm. and all of those things are going to have an impact on our relationship with God. I think if you wanted to do a study of everything that Jesus had to say about the Roman government, it'd take you about five minutes probably to get... I mean, I mean it's very, very minimal. He, he says very little about that. But to your point, he lived under much of the same conditions just a few decades earlier than, than what we're reading about here. He lived under very similar conditions as a Jew, but yet he says very, very little about about the government, very, very little about... In fact, I mean, one of the few things he says is, you know, if... Pay, give to Caesar what Caesar's. I mean, that's he doesn't say much more than that. And I, I think as a as a Christian, it's my responsibility to in much the same way take a similar approach. In that, yes, the government is there. Yes, I have responsibilities to them. And now, as Americans, we can actually play somewhat of a role in sure. our government. They didn't have that option right. in this day and time, but we do, and so we can do that. But but that's on the periphery. That that's not what I'm about. And that, that's not where my focus is going to be. That's not what's going to drive my emotions. Because, again, I, I'm, I'm living a life of a higher calling. It's right. there, and I have responsibilities to it. But it certainly is not something that dominates my mind. It's not something that, that I get wrapped up in. It has to be something that I have a proper mindset with. And I think that is really what Paul is getting at here and, and what we've been talking about. It's all about our approach to it. And making sure that we keep our priorities in order, first things first, we understand the life that we are called to live, and living on this earth involves working with, living under a government of some sort, and so we have responsibilities to them, but we always need to make sure that we keep our priorities in line. Yeah, I mean, it ultimately is going to come down to love. And and that's where, I mean, even at the end of, you know, certainly chapter 12, he talks about at the end of chapter 13, which we'll get to here in just a moment, he'll talk, uh, you know, love comes to the forefront. You know, it's interesting that you know, with Jesus, there was so much talk about, you know, the taxation and should we pay tax and everything. And Paul even brings it mm-hmm. up again, you know, right here. So it had to have been a, a question on the mind of the Jew. I mean, it, should I even, because in a lot of places, you've already made mention, they weren't even Roman citizens, yeah. but were expected to mm-hmm. pay taxes. And, you know, to work your way through all of those kinds of things, you know, listen, Jesus was saying, listen, you gotta, you got to pay what's due. That, that's the way that it needs to be because you're under their rule. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul basically will say the exact same thing here in verses 6 and 7. And, and, that, and that's where we are. I mean, we are under their rule. And we've got to, you know, that comes with a, a burden of responsibility. Uh, whether I love it, whether I don't, 
Whether I agree with their politics or I don't, it still carries with it a level of responsibility because they're in rule. Mm -hmm. They're the governor or the mayor or the president or the senator or, you know, whatever, plug in whatever elected official, plug in, you know, whatever police officer, plug in whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. person with authority in our, you know, periphery of, you know, society plug in whatever, I have to honor them because of the place that that they're in, knowing that ultimately God is over all of that. And if I'm going to step out against them, I'm stepping out against God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do we do all of that? Well, you do all of that with love, and yeah. that's that's ultimately where he takes himself. You know, and they would have had to deal with that in a hard way. How do you do that? How do you how do you respect someone who has no respect for you? Well, you just love them because it's ultimately you know a choice that you make. And that goes back to what Paul talked about in the at the end of Romans chapter twelve, when he he talked specifically about those who who might tend to do you harm or, or someone who might do evil to you. You know, he he says there, repay no one evil for evil. And further down uh, in verse 19, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. There, there is just this constant theme that has been developing over these two chapters of the way that we treat each other. To your point, it has to be based on love. And we have to recognize, we talked about this last time, we have to recognize that where evil exists, God will punish that. Yeah, that's right. And it's his place to do so, not mine. It's my place to love. Mm-hmm. It's my place to live peaceably. And it's my place to, to serve God. That, that's what I'm here to do. And so when it comes to our government, if we disagree with them, there may be opportunities for us to express that in a, in a proper way. But at the end of the day, it's my job to love my neighbor, to treat them with respect, and to live in submission to them, understanding that, that I live a life looking towards something much, much greater. And if we do that, I'll tell you, doing that will certainly lower your blood pressure when it comes election time. <laughs> because our country, yeah. is, as you mentioned, we, we get so worked up about these things. And I, I've fallen victim to that too. And I think it's, it's easy to do in our society. But to be able to take a step back from that and recognize, man... My responsibility is simply to live in submission to our government, to show them love and respect, and to look towards my home in heaven. And if I do that and I show that love to to those around me, man, living life that way is so much easier than living a life in which you're constantly just overwhelmed by the disgusting nature and tactics that, that our world can throw at us. But living a life like that truly is freeing in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I really like the way that you put, you know, just understanding my place. You know, my it, it, listen, Romans chapter twelve in a lot of ways is, is that is understanding your place, maybe within the Lord's church, understanding yeah. your and 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 you're right. My my place is to love all men. My place is to live peaceably with all men. My place is to honor those who I'm subject to. My place is to certainly honor and love God and the people around me. That That's my place. Mm-hmm. God's place is vengeance. God's place is to avenge, not revenge. Right. <laughs> God's place is to avenge those uh-huh. who are evil. Yep. That That's God's place. God's place is to repay evil. That's that's his place. And it, it's not mine. Now, we love sometimes to take on that role. We, we mm-hmm. love to you know, listen, I'm gonna, you, you've done something wrong. I'm going to punish you, you know, in some way. Well, it's on our place to do that. It's, it's not our spot to do that. Our spot is to love. Mm-hmm. That's my place. 
my places to love. And if we can, and I think you're right, man, you hold that perspective, it simplifies life out. It takes care of a lot of issues that arise, a lot of dangerous places that we may put ourselves in, spiritually dangerous mm-hmm. places that we put ourselves in. And it's just an easier way to go about it. Now, there's temptations that fight against that because of mm-hmm. our culture. There have been temptations for these brethren here as well. But we've got to be able to push those things aside and just focus in on my place and my places to love. Yeah. That is my place. And ultimately, I think the end of Romans chapter 13 is where... Um, is where Paul is, you know, trying to get these these brethren to get to. I love how he he really drives home that point in verses eight, nine, and ten, where I, th- I think you know, obviously specifically to the Jews here, he kind of takes their attention back to the old law and, and references some of the commandments: "You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet." And then he kind of draws all of that to a close, and he says, "This is all summed up in this saying: You shall love your neighbor as yourself." I would think as as a Jew, if I was hearing that, there would be this moment of, of, of wow, I, I, that really takes all of these things to a whole new level. Because you're right, if I love my neighbor as myself, I don't have to worry about committing adultery. If I love my neighbor as myself, I don't have to worry about murdering or stealing. I wouldn't do any of those things if I truly love my neighbor as myself. And I, I, that's what he's saying there when he says, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. When you take that step back and you think about the true concept of love and the way that the Bible describes it, if I'm someone who loves my neighbor as myself, then all of these other things are going to take care of themselves. All of these other things are going to take care of themselves. And it's true even with the relationship we have to the government that we've been talking about. It's true with the relationship that you have to your next-door neighbor. It's true with the relationship you have with your brother and sister in Christ. If you love one another in the way that you love yourself— and then all of these things are going to take care of themselves. And you really can live a life of peace with one another within the church. It brings about unity and a closeness with each other. It, it, just, we can't say enough about the importance of loving each other and how that is going to dictate the parameters in which we view each other in every aspect of our life. Yeah, I, I like verse 10 a lot. And even the simplicity of the thought that love does no harm to a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it almost seems silly to, you know, that statement, listen, love doesn't hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. love doesn't hurt. Uh, anger, mm-hmm. wrath, malice, jealousy, envy, those kinds of things harm. Yep. Those kinds of things hurt people. Love never, ever harms. And, and so if I'm constantly wielding love instead of wielding anger or wielding jealousy or wielding hate, if I'm wielding love all the time to everybody around me, I'm not, I'm not going to do harm to anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do harm to anybody. And that ultimately, we've talked about this already in the last two weeks, especially it comes down to the choice that I'm going to make. What, 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 what am I arming myself with? Well, I'm arming myself with love. That's a decision that I can make. I can't make decisions for you, and I can't make the decision on how you're going to treat me, mm-hmm. but I make the decision on how I'm going to treat you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to arm myself with love. And I, if I know I will do that, I, I'm not going to harm anyone ever. And ultimately, I think that's kind of the close to 12 yeah. and 13, those two kind of chapters that sit together 
he kind of closed that and he kind of gets to the very end of chapter 13 that kind of puts the urgency you know, on it a little bit, but it, love certainly is the key. It really does put a sense of urgency in our minds as he concludes this chapter, and, and how he does it is, is just so, so wonderful. He, he brings them back around to this, this idea in, in verse number 11 that our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And, and there's this concept of time that he's bringing into this. I think to make the point, listen, your time here is very, very short. And it's gotten even shorter than when you first believed. Are you really going to waste your time in anger and in wrath yeah. and, in, and in discontent? Is that really how you want to spend the time that you have? And of course, the answer to that question is no. And as he goes on, that's why he says, let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust and strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. There is this sense of understanding the constraints of time that we live in and to recognize that, you know, as, as Ecclesiastes said, our life is like a vapor. Don't waste your time, what little time you have here on this earth. Don't waste it wrapped up in hate and envy and jealousy and strife and all of those things. Spend it in service to the Lord. Spend it in love. Spend it in ways that are truly beneficial and in ways that can truly help other people. That, that's how we're called to spend our time as Christians. And to recognize that that time is fleeting, I think, is an important thing for us to do from time to time. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll often use the, you know, kind of the illustration that, you know, if you were, listen, you, you were told by your doctor that, you know, you're, you're sick and you're, you've only got months left. Mm -hmm. How, how would you how would you spend that? Mm -hmm. Would you spend that in in hate and in malice and envy and mm -hmm. jealousy? No, no one, no one does. But that, that's the point that's being made here is that we've got to be living that way. That time, even though not to think in months or weeks or even years, but it is short. It is temporary, and we've got to be spending it. Verse fourteen, with the idea that we've put Christ on, we've put all of those other things away. And we put on Christ. And what, what is he all about? He was all about love. Yep. He was all about love of his enemies. He was all about love of the people around him. Those who did him poorly, he was still all about love. And ultimately, that's where we need to be as well. Absolutely. We'll go ahead and wrap things up there. We want to thank everyone for taking some time to study along with us this morning. Hopefully, this has given you some things to think about. And as you continue your study, giving you some, some uh, things that you can dive into even a little bit more deeper on your own time. Uh, we want to invite you to come and worship with us if you're in the area and looking for a place to do that. We meet at the corner of uh, Lafayette Road and 82nd Street on the northwest side of Indianapolis. 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings for Bible class, 10 a.m. for worship, and again at 6 p.m. Sunday evening. So please come and join us at any opportunity that you might have. If you can't join us but want to follow along, we live stream our services at traderspointchurch.org. So please log on there and take advantage of that. So thank you again for your time this morning, and we'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Truth Talk with John Morgan of the Traders Point Church of Christ. Traders Point Church of Christ is located at 8220 West 82nd Street in Indianapolis. More information about worship times and Bible study can be found at traderspointchurch.org. You can hear Truth Talk every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here on 98.9 FM WYRZ.